If you're a uh, Urantia book reader, this podcast is going to blow you away. This is, I'm so excited to be able to bring this to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Jim Watkins here on Urantia Radio, the weekly podcast. A couple of reminders uh, about our website, urantiaradio.net. And, of course, we've added some new links on the website we hope you'll check out, including, of course, our regular articles and commentary. Plus, we've added an events link so you can keep up to date on the latest Urantia book-related events going on around the world. Plus, of course, Urantia News is there as well. And we've just added our link so that you can stream UrantiaRadio.net, which, as you know, is a 24-hour streaming uh, link so that you can listen to your favorite Urantia book papers in audiobook form. So all very exciting, but equally exciting is about this week's podcast featuring Meredith Sprunger. Now, for those who are familiar with the Urantia book, you'll know that Meredith Sprunger, he passed away in 2012, but his life was remarkable. He was a true pioneer in the early days of the Urantia book. Remember, the book was published in 1955 at about the time Meredith had received a copy from a good friend of his, and it took him over a year uh, before he finally sat down and realized, because of the skeptic that he was, uh, where he finally realized that what he held in his hand was a true revelation, and Meredith spent many, many years uh, being an integral part of the early days of the spreading of the Urantia book. Meredith was a very accomplished minister, he held several uh, PhDs, one as a psychology major, also uh, in theology. Um, he was also a teacher for many years at the Indiana Institute of Technology. He served as a pastor at a number of United Church of Christ churches throughout Indiana, as well as in Chicago. Not to mention his service to the Urantia Brotherhood for a number of years as president, also editor of the Fellowship Journal, and he also wrote and co-authored several historical books, along with my good friend Larry Mullins, on the Urantia book. And he was the author who published the unabridged Urantia book. Quite a task and a truly, truly remarkable man. Now, I had the opportunity of meeting uh, and talking with Meredith a few times. Once I interviewed him for a national radio show back around 2005 and a second time for a book that I was writing in 20, uh, 2006 called A New Revelation, where he provided some great insight into the early days of the Revelation. He spent his life not only teaching the gospel, but tried to show how you could integrate the Urantia book with Christian teachings. He believed that Christianity uh, needed a new infusion of truth. Of course, that wasn't what he was looking for, but he came to realize that the Urantia book uh, held uh, the same goal as Christianity, which was developing a better relationship with God. Now, this archive speech was given by Meredith, and it's what we're going to present today for you here on Urantia Radio. Uh, he spoke before a very small group of Urantia book readers sometime around 94, and he talks about the mission of the Urantia book. So we want to thank the folks over at the Urantia Fellowship for providing this rare interview, a glimpse inside of the man who spent his life not only trying to introduce people to God, but also the Urantia book. So we hope you enjoy it. Meredith J. Sprunger, here on Urantia Radio. The talk I would like to share with you I've entitled The World Mission of the Urantia Book. 
We're living in one of the great pivotal periods of history. Society has gone more change in 100, the last 100 years than the world has experienced in the last 2,000 years. Information is exploding. Some fields of knowledge are doubling. I have here every 10 or 15 years on the plane coming out, the author uh, Jim Nesbitt of uh, Megatrend says that right now their uh, knowledge is doubling every five and a half years, and it'll only be a couple of years that knowledge will be doubling, doubling less than two years. Every, every two years it's going to be doubling. So we're, we're really living in a fast age. 90% of the scientists who ever, ever lived are living in our times. We are unlocking the secrets of the microcosmos and we are beginning to travel in outer space. There is a search for spiritual reality today which is unprecedented in modern times. What is the meaning of all of this yearning for spiritual reality? If we can learn from history, it means that God is at work in our world preparing us for a new spiritual age. And the key to this new spiritual age is a new major revelatory breakthrough. Just as our world was prepared for the advent of Christ, today we are experiencing another fullness of time in which our society is being prepared for the Book, God's latest epical revelation, revelatory gift to mankind. This new vision of truth conform, confirms and integrates the best of all former revelations and enhances the spiritual truths of all of the traditional religions of the world. We who are pioneers of the fifth epical revelation must learn to relate positively with the peoples of all of the world's religions. Philosophers of religion have long observed that the religions of the world have much more in common than they have in exclusive uniqueness. The Urantia book is the most inclusive, revelatory picture of religion yet to appear on earth. It is appreciative and constructive in its attitude toward all religions and religionists. And as we prepare ourselves to relate to the peoples of the world and their religious backgrounds, we should become thoroughly familiar with the tenets of these various faiths. It is also important to remember that within and among all religious groups there are common polarities. The educated intellectuals versus the unlearned masses. The prophets versus the priests. The rigid conservatives versus the flexible liberals. In each religious group, the educated, prophetic, and open people are usually the first to recognize and accept new truth. When we look at the religions of the world as total entities, it would appear that Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, and Hinduism are evolutionally the best prepared to receive the teachings of the Book. Islam is probably the most defensive and reactionary of the world's religions, and yet it accepts prophets of other religions in its sacred scripture. And the Sufis are quite open to truth from many, many outside sources. Although we should bring the good news of the Urantia book to all of the religions of the world, Christianity in particular is prepared <clears throat> to receive its message, I believe. 
The Christian church is the major evolutionary religion rooted in the life and teachings of Jesus. In many ways, the authors of the Urantia book express a special interest in upstepping the Christian church. They refer to Christianity as the best of the religions of the 20th century, 2083. The best exponent of Jesus' life work on earth, 2085. One of the world's greatest powers for good, 2085. The cocoon in which the kingdom now sleeps, 1866. And if enhanced by the fifth epical revelation, the greatest hope of the world, 2086. This is a profound endorsement. There are basic approaches which we should keep in mind when relating to any religious group. We should always start by attempting to establish common ground. All of the religions of the world have much in common with the Urantia book. We should emphasize the positive aspects of each religious faith. Add to spiritual realities which people most need and desire. Be cautious and tactful in correcting errors when such negative communication cannot or should not be avoided. Highlight service and living faith rather than theology. Engage in fellowship and dialogue with openness while avoiding unnecessary structure and rigidity. Stress spiritual truths and principles which are universal. The moral and social application of these spiritual principles is determined by many environmental and developmental factors and therefore it's always a mistake to try to emphasize the moral or application factors rather than the spiritual truth factors and allow these individuals to apply the spiritual truths in their own way, in their own culture, in their own religion, in their own way. And this is a very important kind of thing that we ought to learn how to practice. Outreach work is best conducted by indigenous people, those who are social and religious members of the group where interface is sought, uh, are always the best kind of missionaries and most likely to be effective. Work within the religious institutions of society uh, where and whenever possible. Jesus taught within the institutions of Judaism until he was barred from doing so. Paul was able to communicate meaningfully with the Jews of his day because he was a scholar of Judaism. Work at the point of psychological readiness and do not expect too much change in people. Allow the evolutionary process to determine their rate of growth. Anyone familiar with the history of religious movements will appreciate the significance of social confrontation. A religious faith and philosophy does not become a force in society until it enters a period of social challenge. No matter how ironic, loving, and wise a new and advanced religious view of life may be, it does not achieve effective communication and viability in any community or nation until it experiences a time of social confrontation 
And you can search the pages of history in every religion and in every major outstep. That is always the case. The Arantia book is just beginning to enter this period. The evangelicals and the fundamentalists are starting to write brochures and books in which the Arantia book is singled out as one of the modern heresies. I can give you chapter and verse in case you might be interested. <laughs> Dr. Sadler used to say, when the Catholic Church places the Urantia book on the banned list, get ready to sell a lot of books. <laughs> the Catholic Church finally recognized this reaction and got wise and discontinued its banned list. Was the Urantia book banned? What? Was it banned by the Catholic Church? No, no. They dropped the banned list before the Urantia book became known. Oh yes it is, uh, your uncle uh, put it there. <laughs> yes. Rather than fearing uh, this time of evaluation and testing, we should anticipate and welcome it. The Urantia book can stand the most rigorous examination. Indeed, it will not begin to serve the nation and the world until each local community it enters into this period of confrontation. This marks its beginning of public service. Not that we should try to trigger this kind of thing, but it is inevitable uh, to happen no matter how loving, how kind, how objective uh, you may be, there will always be some evangelicals or fundamentalists or whoever that uh, will see you as the threat to all that's high and holy. Historically, religious professionals have been among the last to recognize and respond to new revelation or major reform movements. For this reason, centering for many reasons, Centering around personal security, institutional preservation, and professional training, ministers and priests will not usually read the entire Urantia book or seriously examine it until enough laymen in their churches or religious institutions are themselves reading it. Although it is important for ethical reasons to introduce religious leaders to the Urantia book early in our outreach ministry in a community, we should realize that, with few exceptions, laymen will not, or laymen will be the first to recognize its quality rather than the clarity by and large. Laymen have been the founders of virtually all of the major world religions and the majority of the great religious advances in spiritual growth on our planet, and have spearheaded the growth and uh, have become the dynamic leaders and the force that actualize the spread of these movements. And the same will be true, it is my conviction, of the Urantia book. Outreach ministry is the most important need and the greatest latent potential in the Urantia movement today. A new and fuller revelation of the religion of Jesus is destined to conquer an empire of materialistic secularism and overcome a world sway of mechanistic naturalism. Urantia is now quivering on the very brink of one of it, the most, its most amazing and enthralling period epochs of social readjustment, moral quickening, and spiritual enlightenment. 
The gospel of the kingdom must be proclaimed to all the world. This great mission depends on dedicated missionaries. We can be disciple-type followers who quietly live the enlarged gospel in our personal lives. This is good, but not the level of dedicated and dedication necessary and needed to bring this new epical revelation to our society and to our world. Only apostle-type workers filled with enthusiasm, wisdom, and courage, and dedication will be able to bring this transforming spiritual message to our society and to our world. Such apostles of new truth are inevitably called to serve in the atmosphere of social confrontation. This is why Jesus warned his apostles that as bearers of new truth, they would experience rejection in their own families and hostility in society. Growth is always a traumatic experience for individuals and society. And I suppose my advice to those who don't have a stomach for this kind of thing this is the advice Harry Truman gave. If you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Because of the rigorous nature of outreach ministry, the Fraternal Relations Committee of the Rancher Brotherhood in their August 10, 1982 report state that outreach work is best engaged in by individuals and organizations independent of the official direction of the Rancher Brotherhood. Your Rancher Brotherhood functions primarily as an educational social institution with a religious purpose. The difficult and sometimes controversial task of introducing the Rancher Book to society is best carried out by organizations designed for this purpose, such as the Family of God Foundation, the Christian Fellowship of Students of the Rancher Book, BEAM, the Dallas Fellowship, the Ahsoka Foundation, and possibly the, the Brother, the Boulder School. Many other organizations of this nature will come into being in the decades ahead. This pluralism of service will evolve a loose network, assuring creative diversity and dynamic variety in outreach ministry, and this is good. The history of the growth of religious movements also teaches us the importance of establishing stable group, groups at the grassroots of society. Growth does not take place on a grandiose manner. And all too often I see people with some kinds of delusions of grandeur. Uh, they want to stop at the bottom and work down. This is not the way things work in an evolutionary world. It proceeds through channels of social communication to develop a viable constituency in specific local communities like Boulder, Colorado. In time, centers of influence do evolve and gradually the entire society and culture is permeated by the new stimulus of spiritual growth. Today, we stand at the beginning of the public phase of outreach ministry in the Urantia movement. The first stage of public ministry is characterized by curiosity and indifference, which is soon followed by a period of opposition and social confrontation. The real quality of the spiritual message 
of the book is then tested by this challenging individual and social experience. Movements become a social reality when the truths they proclaim become indigenous in the lives of people in local communities. Such pioneering is never easy. We all want to be a part of a big growing concern and preach to the world. In the history of religious movements, this is not what happens. It demands vision, courage, wisdom, and perseverance. Each of us has an unusual opportunity to shape the future of the world by helping to introduce a new and inspiring revelation to our community and to our culture. Such a fortuitous opportunity comes to a generation only once in thousands of years. What a happy and challenging moment of history we are living in. We are standing on the threshold of one of the most promising and exciting eras of human history. And I hope that each of you will respond to this challenge of spiritual destiny and thereby find fulfillment and joy in sharing with your fellow men the best good news of the century. Thank you. You've been listening to Meredith J. Sprunger, the Rancho Pioneer, United Church of Christ pastor from Fort Wayne, Indiana, the late Dr. Meredith J. Sprunger for you this time up on your Rancher Radio. A reminder to join us online for articles, event listings, and also now streaming the Urantia Audiobook, all at urantiaradio.net. See you next time.